Welcome to the podcast, One More Episode. We're here this week to talk about the old man finale. We have two guests on the podcast, minus our co-host, Jason. Andy and Kate are back with us to talk about the old man. Hi, Caroline. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. Hey, Kate. So Jason is somewhere over international waters. I think he's in them. (laughs) Yeah. Floating (laughs) over them. In them? I don't know. Half in, half out? (laughs) Yeah, he was supposed to join us, but we've lost contact with Jason. So um, we'll have to chat with him at a later time about this episode. We don't believe he's unsafe, just in case anyone's Right. <laughs> I have my doubts. <laughs> you made it sound like we've lost contact. <laughs> yeah. We believe he is having fun on a cruise ship and yes. probably without service to, to join this us. This is not a podcast about suddenly about a missing person. <laughs> <laughs> the old be. man. No, just kidding, Jason. <laughs> the missing old man. <laughs> <laughs> So we're here to talk about the old man. And I just wanted to start off asking the both of you, if there is one word you would use to describe this finale, what would it be? That's a good question. Um, let down. Oh. <laughs> I was just, I was disappointed. I, um, I don't know. I, I expected more. I think I think the show itself started off really strong and fast, and it got progressively tamer and duller as it went on. I don't know. It just seemed like two different shows almost. I I think that maybe the earlier episodes were maybe too action packed. That maybe they should have spread it out more throughout the entire season. But maybe it was also just the normal transition of things and how it went about. But um. The finale kind of bored me, honestly. Still, show. I'll still watch season two. I still think it was a good <laughs> season, but but just the finale itself. I um, yeah, I was, I was a little let down. I walked away a little disappointed. Kate, sorry, sorry, are you sorry you asked? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not sure if I could pick one word. Um, you know, undecided. I think I or split, split. Maybe that's a better word um I realized over the last few episodes confirmed kind of what I talked about when I was on the last podcast when we talked about this which is I feel that this it's nothing against Amy Brenneman her she's an awesome actor um but whoever wrote that part I don't know if her part is in the book but i I have no, like that part just does nothing for me. Those interactions between her and Jeff Bridges, I find perplexing, boring, odd, strange. But then when you get to everybody else, you know, whether it's Ali Sawcat or, you know, John Lithgow, I could watch that all day. I could totally watch that all day. Not the greatest fan of some of the flashbacks, to be honest. I think those are a little played out. I'm kind of over that. So, um, I'd love to watch the the three of them kind of that dynamic playing out but yeah I just don't get the Zoe character and and I I just I I did read one article I, I mostly stayed well I did stay unspoiled on this until after I finished it um 
and I did was kind of felt bad because I did read that like Jeff Bridges like had I uh, was going through cancer treatment during the filming and then he got mm-hmm. COVID and so I was like wow he really like they were that last episode when they were like flying down the freeway he was like still recovering from all of that I was like wow you really couldn't tell but um I don't they said she's always gonna come back and I was like oh, oh. <laughs> interesting <laughs> Unless they give her something to do, like, come on, man, this is not, I don't know what purpose it serves. It didn't. So you're learning about Jeff Bridges or whatever his name is, Johnny's character through the flashbacks and through his interactions with his quote unquote daughter. I don't really know what is the purpose of that relation. What is that supposed to be showing us? Like there's, you're already telling us everything you need to know in character development. I don't And her character just seems so odd. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the first thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast tonight. Um, we need to talk about Zoe. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the first thing to kind of like get that out of the way. Um, my word, this was kind of hard for me to come up with too, but I don't even know if this may be two words, but I just picked <laughs> I I pick slow burn is just what kind of came to my mind with this finale. I'll give you a compound word on that. I I think it might be hyphenated, (laughs) right? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how you're using it. Yeah, probably. Well, let's start off then with this. I would call this the first third of the episode. I wanted to talk about the Zoe McDonald character. Because what happens is it appears that it just like the storyline wraps itself up in this like first opening scenes of the storyline. So my question was to you all, do you think she'll reappear in season two? And it sounds like Kate, that you have read that she will. Yes. Which I don't, unless they're going to like, I mean, and again, I think we've talked about this before, you know, back and before streaming tv shows got a long time you know maybe even three seasons to really season right and sometimes there are shows where you're like man the first season was rocky but then they really got their footing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now this is based on a book i don't know how much they're gonna deviate from that i haven't read the book i know nothing about it except that it exists but i just don't unless they're gonna do something really meaty with her character like they cannot keep doing what they're doing like it's just not well written and again I don't I don't get what it just seems to waste time I don't know it's not doing anything for me the only thing that I could come up with with this storyline is that it for me it really like put me off on another trail of thought about what was going on in the series because the whole time Jason and I and I think maybe you were too, Kate, like when we talked to you last, we're trying to figure out this Zoe character and like mm-hmm. what was going on with her? Or was she someone mm-hmm. else? That's the only thing I can come up with other than just this woman who was pretty desperate for action in her life and like some excitement. And she was willing just like to go all in with this guy. And even when her scene concluded, she was still like wanting to write, like continue on and tell him, Hey, we can do something about this. Right. Like it's not over. And he's like, yeah, it's over for you. Bye. Right. Like, <laughs> I gotta go. You know, like, I know you want to like 
be in the CIA or whatever you're looking for, this excitement. But yeah, I've got to go get my daughter. But does that make sense with the way we were introduced to her where she doesn't have enough money and she seems like she's been cowed by her ex-husband and she just seems so meek and like do do people really i get when i guess it's possible but i feel like it seems inconsistent with the character we're we're initially introduced to her like yeah all of a sudden she's fully on board right yeah the the, yeah the graph of her personality else it looks like an ekg just all over the place you know like i agree right she goes from like you know total victim and you know hey also what you know i mean she's a bad divorce her kid just cares about money kind of wouldn't answer her calls she doesn't really didn't care about calling them you know spends three days in a trunk (laughs) blackmails them for half of his stuff and then uh and then goes Drops the dogs off at the hotel and then, um, what, talks this business guy into uh, uh, approving this deal at 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, creeper, get off my porch, you know? But the fact that even Jeff Bridges agreed to let her even go up and do it, like, I don't know. I I found that a little fanciful. Like, why would, you know, after a day earlier when he was taking half of his money and I don't know. Right, I agree. It just seemed like a a uh, a stretch, and, and and perhaps it was just you know for the sake of television and whatever, and you always have to sus- suspend disbelief for a little while. But mm-hmm. uh, okay, I agree with you. I mostly picked up my phone during her scenes. I could really care less about the the acting and the dialogue and, and what she brought to the table. And I and I agree. I don't know what she brought to the table, and and, maybe, and hopefully it is a setup because maybe you know the little foreshadowing of talking about that she has those knacks as far as um that she has the, she's a natural uh, reading people and um mm-hmm. you know all that spy crap you know the the foundations of spike uh, that maybe we're going to see her character totally change come season two um i hope you right. know but uh but i would be curious too like with the book like how far book are we or are we just totally off the reservation now you know it was just not even yeah. part of it and so as we move through the episode, there was another, um, there was something else that I found kind of interesting when Harold is there with Dan slash Johnny and he's talking to him about Morgan Boat and Dan doesn't seem to know the name Morgan Boat. And he's like, can you trust this person? Because he basically says, yeah, we're going to have a plane there and you have to get on the plane and then they're going to let Emily go. And so Dan's all in to go ahead and do this because it's his daughter. And I just had a question there. I thought he knew who Morgan Boat was, but maybe he just doesn't know his name and know him by Morgan Boat. I think they do. Cause I think if they were, mm-hmm. because he is the old man, I think, in right. the movie, really. It was a show, mm-hmm. really, right? That this is. Um, he's there. Man. Harper's. Yeah, right. He's. Yeah, he was the one that was responsible for. Their, mm-hmm. And and didn't um, Chase get him to put uh, Emily? Yes. Right. With Harper? So, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I caught that, that they didn't, didn't notice. I think. Was he talking to Morgan? I thought he was talking to the 
dude whose name I've forgotten, the FBI agent who Waters. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Kind of bad ending. Yeah, this was pretty early in the episode before they went out in the cars to um take Dan drive to a long an, time back yeah, and forth. to an airplane. And <laughs> I just a caught a lot that of driving. Up. Yeah, I caught that at the beginning and thought, oh, well, you must not know him by the name Morgan po- Boat then. And yeah. of course, these are all CIA. Right. I mean, so who knows like how he knows dad, as we called him, or the old man. So um, I was just thinking about that as the series goes on, um, you know, what will happen with that, maybe. We didn't see Waters actually die, did we? We did. Did we? Because I thought he was, who was driving? The, the other, other assassin guy. guy. The other yeah, assassin then, guy was driving. But then right? we see Waters like he's in the car. In the car. Yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. I, mean, I yeah. just thought they came up to the car and like looked in it, but we never actually saw him. I realize this is a podcast and no one could see me leaning I know. like I'm <laughs> in my chair. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, trying to help a visual on an auditory <laughs> medium. Uh. No, I was hoping he wasn't dead because even though he was kind of a jerk, I was kind of starting to like warm up to him and nope. Yeah. Unless he's like, I don't know. I suppose they could have done some miraculous, they could do some miraculous recovery and he's just like passed out from exactly boss, but he looked pretty You're, dead. It's just really dehydrated. <laughs> right, right. He's taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Those government employees are so lazy. I know, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, you missed that. There was always that good um plot effect of you know that you really hate the characters at the beginning and then love them at the end and then vice versa right. and you don't really see that quite so much it seems now that if i hate someone at the beginning i'm gonna hate them throughout the whole show and, um, <laughs> but you kind of see where they're coming from on this one and he's but they also kind of made a you know that he was basically working for uh who's the antagonist uh kazad his name the Hamzad. Yeah, because wasn't he kind of put into that situation? Didn't they allude like in the second episode or first episode about, okay, no one likes you, you're a pain in the ass, but you got this detail, you know? Right. Yeah, right. it's not entirely clear like who's, like whether it's Morgan Boat or Faraz Hamzad, sometimes who's pulling what strings. I think there's some definitely some maneuvering happening behind the scenes that maybe in the second season we'll get more yeah. revelation about who was doing what and why exactly. Right. We learn in this episode what happened with Dan, his wife, and Hamzad. We see a flashback. And so we see, we finally learn that he he confronted his wife about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that he actually knew about the Russian captor, right? And uh, captive, and that they freed him and released mm-hmm. him, but he did not know about this or deposit of uranium and to me we also learned that her instincts were right that she didn't tell him and if she had you could tell in that scene to me that because he wanted that information so badly from her she was afraid you know he would let power essentially go to his head and he would you know become corrupt with that but I could tell in this scene that yes your instincts were right i I wouldn't have told him either because he just kept pushing. Like, you have to tell me like where it is. And she's like, no. And then he said, you all have until the next morning. Right. Until, um, 
you let me know about this. Yeah. Did you think that was what was behind it? Why Dan and his wife had to flee something with that situation and with the uranium or the Russian or the secrets? What did you all think? I think it was, I thought early on, I, I think we talked about this. It was, I just assumed it was probably going to be some, you know, love triangle, but I was hoping that it went beyond that. Um, and then I think when they started talking about org deposits an episode or so ago, it, now I don't think I saw that really so much part coming, but I thought it was once they let the captive go, but even just that whole resolution in general, once again, just anticlimactic, you know, there was really nothing like, okay, he's sleeping, let's go. And they got on Moroccan air flight 31 or whatever, you know, it was okay. I don't know. I and maybe I'm just desensitized nowadays that I need more, but it just seemed, um, I don't know, just easily wrapped up. Okay. You need to be gone in the morning. Okay. And he was gone in the morning. You would think something this dramatic, you know, drastic would be a little bit more dramatic, but, but no, I did not see necessarily the, uh, the ore deposit being a factor. I think also, yes, I agree. It was a little bit like, okay. Um, I think part of that, so uh, my mom watches the show and like, I don't think that surprised me so much because I was already convinced that Emily was Faraz Hamzad's daughter. Now, whether she was like born already or she was pregnant, because I thought it was going to be, oh, she's pregnant with this daughter. So I did not find that shocking. But my mom was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, what a twist. So like I could see people who weren't like, you know, delving into it quite the level that, you know, podcasters have to do. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I wasn't shocked by that. I was like, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I just didn't know if she was, like I said, already alive or if she was in utero. Right. What do you think, Caroline? I thought she was, I think we talked about this. Like my whole hunch from the very beginning was this was his baby. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, she was pregnant and they fled. Um, right. And so you know, I, I was surprised. Um, and I thought they did a good job of that. I mean, it did surprise me that she was actually there when we see that reveal at the end that, Oh, you know, and so I did like that part in the episode. It does kind of raise the stakes for like why he's so Mm -hmm. obsessed with getting her because he'd had her, you know, but it is like, I mean, obviously he knew she was out there for 30 years. Like, I, I guess they just did a really good job of staying off the grid somehow. I don't know. Right. Yeah, or he got, or he got tipped. I don't know. I guess. I just, I, I do think it was interesting. And maybe it's because he's like, you know, they contrast his, you know, there's so much of him as a younger man. And then when we finally see him in current day, he is not quite the lion I was expecting anyway. I mean, this guy can barely get out of bed. He's shuffling around. I think that was surprising. More surprising to me was that he seems, I mean, that of course has nothing to do with his personality, but he definitely seemed like an old man way more so than I would have thought for someone who was characterized as such a terrible beast through the whole 
series. Well, and, and my, I guess, you know, the question I had was why now with, you know, it's been 30 years or so, right. he, his daughter was out there and just from his appearance, my guess is that it's because he is in bad health and he is ill. And so I feel like when someone gets to that point, it, now it's time for him. And that's my kind of hunch of why now did he decide to do this? No, I can see that for sure. But we, you know, who knows what season two will hold, but that was just, just seeing him and, you know, they, they had us watch him get out of bed and right someone help him <laughs> and right. It was hard for him. It seemed like it was hard for him to stand and mm-hmm. um, yeah, he just didn't look well. No. Um, young Harper definitely blows away young um, Chase or Johnny or whatever his name is. Just the actor that plays the young Harper, I think is kind of steals the show in those things. I mean, not, not putting his uh, John Lithgow impersonation aside. I just think that just as an actor, he's so much better. I think that the, uh, the young Johnny is uh, I don't know, pretty boring. It's a little flat. Yeah, I guess that. that no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the young Johnny. Do you? He's a little just... wild and untamed, I feel like. No, again, of course, he, doesn't, but he doesn't have that many really scenes, I feel like. Um, yeah. But I kind of like him. I mean, in this episode, he really didn't say much. Um, the wife did a lot of the talking with Homsots, he was, he was just kind of there, you know, I felt like. And that actually does make that I was, I noticed that too. And I was like, kind of appreciative of that because I feel like if he truly is this master spy, he's not going to like be bumbling and like making, he did make, try to make one little save for her, but he's going to listen. I mean, that's what he's trying to teach Zoe is like, you're listening. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, his kind of silences and letting, Hamzad sort of controlled the situation. All of that seemed very calculated and very in keeping with what I would think somebody in that career, I don't know what you call that occupation would, would do, right? They're not going to be all blustery and, you know, like like some other movies would portray. No, you make a great point. You're absolutely right. And and it's funny because you see it in John Lithgow's character and the, you know, the the older version is um he is. He talks a lot. He's always screaming and yelling. He's always, he's a little bit more long-winded. And um, of course, uh, Chase is definitely a little bit more tight-lipped and, mm-hmm. and should be. So that's a good point. I definitely felt the second half of the episode, we saw more of the action than we did in the last few episodes. So I was happy to see that back. I thought you would be happy. I thought of you, Andy, whenever I was watching it, I was like, there's some more action. I think Andy may like this one. But no, 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 but honestly, I love a good spy story. I love espionage. I love, you know, um, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Oh, that's a great one, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I I love those, um, yeah, those boring, complicated, so confused halfway through you don't know who's who kind they're of, kind of more of the thriller type yeah like, hmm, cerebral right. yeah um so i don't necessarily need the action i think i was more so i was i think also just seeing jeff bridges in that action role in general at his age was kind of a novelty and agree I, agree and honestly you probably know what i'm gonna say next but this 
this series, this uh, season really went downhill once the dogs left. Oh, that's... <laughs> I know. We needed yes. more dogs and less Zoe, not the other way Pretty around. much. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and again, I don't... I think Amy Brenneman, and I hope I'm saying her last name right, which you think I would because I watched her. You know, I watched what you want to call her you're judging Amy, but... <laughs> So, um she's a great actor i think the part is written poorly I, I think she's doing the best she can with what she has been given i thought that scene in the second episode with her at dinner recounting about like her divorce and her stuff like that i think she did a good job in that i thought that yeah was i would agree it just got yeah. as it went on it was like what are we <laughs> yeah what are we doing here like what what are you bringing to the table but and I think I had high hopes for when her character did switch and did you know start blackmailing him and stuff like this. I thought it was going to go further and really put a, a wrinkle in his life mm -hmm. and things like that. But then, like I said earlier, just all of a sudden, okay, we're good now. What? Yeah. But I guess also his priorities did change too. He's like, I don't really care about that anymore. I just want to get my daughter. You know. So. Right. Well, we see that Emily was captured, and that's. Agent Waters is there along with the assassin and the friend of the assassin, which we don't really don't know who he is exactly either. I feel like they're partners, they're co, they're like a team, team assassin. Right. And they're both nurses too, right? Like right. they work at the same facility. Um, that scene where they sense that they were being like surrounded in the uh -huh. hideout. Um, I did enjoy that where... He was, that kind of reminded me of like a Jason Bourne film or something where he was like, you know, the one was like going around and was just taking out all of the, <laughs> the people there. Right, right. And then they leave with her. And I really thought at that point they were going to get away. And a woman jumps in front of the vehicle. I think I know who the woman was and who we see. Mm. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh. Yeah. And she takes, she's the one who drops her off at the end, right? Like, that's the yes. same woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's yes. her aunt. It's right. our torture uh, friend, right? <laughs> yes. I think you referred to her as the badass sister, right? The badass Andy? sister. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that until the very end. And I was like, oh, it's the badass sister. Yeah, didn't think she about that. She has a certain yeah. look to her. I When she yeah. jumped in front of the car, I was like, oh, that looks like her. <laughs> like, yeah, and she all was all business. All she business. was all business. She yeah. wasn't playing. And it was, that was a surprise to me. I really thought they were going to get away. And, you know, there was, the action was going to follow from that point on with them as well. So that was a surprise. Do you think she introduced herself like on the ride? Like, hey, I'm your hey. aunt. Yeah, hey. no. <laughs> the other, I guess, really a part in the episode that took a little while. I think one of you mentioned it, the car scenes um, out in the desert. Now, I, I see your all's faces, which our listeners can't see, but you both laughed at that. <laughs> I will have to say, I really enjoyed these scenes with the dialogue between John Lithgow and Jeff Bridges. Yes, agree, agree. I thought John Lithgow killed it in this episode. Like, I just want to keep watching him. He's so amazing. He's awesome. Hey, he's, yeah. he's great, whatever he does. Great. Yeah, Dan Chase was my favorite character, and now I'm like, I just want to watch John Lithgow. 
I just want to watch young John LePierre. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say in these scenes with the dialogue, this is when I realized that Hamzad was Emily's father because they were arguing about and defending their fatherhood of Emily. And so because that was such a central point to their conversation, and I just knew that y'all think you're the fathers, but who's the biological father? <laughs> so, I know, it's like a modern, my three dads. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. And from this point, Three minute of baby. <laughs> yes, there we yeah, go. That's, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. And from that point in the vehicle, when they decide to to turn around um, because they hear that like it's been cut off, right? Um, the deal because they've been captured mm-hmm. and Waters calls John Lithgow's character on the phone. And then I will have to say, you all talked about this a little bit. That surprised me too, where Jeff Bridges just gets out his gun and just takes everybody out. I mean, that was kind of a one and done or three or four. I don't know how many there were, but I was like, Jeff Bridges. And he had I mean, no that's reaction. the whole thing. The no reaction. Remember, right. Because he's CIA. That, it was like, yeah. And, the, and the they, didn't, they didn't even talk about it. They didn't even talk no. about it. No. Yeah. But yeah. remember early on in one of the early season seasons, early episodes, they talked about the, you know, that he was rumored among the tribes. He was the guy who could shoot, like that he was a really good sniper, right? That he could take out people. Yeah. So like it right. actually made, like it was, I felt like to me, like a callback to that, like, mm-hmm. you know, the dude and he's, he's the not, dude. yeah, he is the dude, <laughs> right? The dude abides, the, the dude abides taking out three uh, luxury SUVs. He took out that drone. Mm-hmm. The second yes that's true right so you know he is sort of this quiet sort of messed up like i don't know i'm just curious if they're gonna do another timeline in the next season where we see because we only saw like i think there might have been one scene with him and his wife after mm-hmm. they left and she agreed to stay with him and yeah. I, I just i'm having i i i'm not struggling with but i i would like be curious to see how their relationship developed because it doesn't seem like it happened when they were in afghanistan that right. we've seen anyway there was a little there's a little tension between them right like in afghanistan. maybe like i, I feel mean, like he admires her greatly admires yeah. her but um i don't i didn't catch oh, and no. maybe that could just be I didn't feel like they had a ton of chemistry, but I felt like maybe they didn't do that because they didn't want to add that to like the reasons why she yeah. left. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just um, meeting another man's wife at night in Afghanistan is a pretty ballsy uh, <laughs> thing to do right there. And it definitely seemed that there was um, there was more to their relationship than just admiration, I think, or at least I maybe I just maybe assumed they'll, it was. Maybe because they'll show th- that more. Maybe they'll do more of that. But it's possible I just filled in the blanks because, you know, I see that they did lead a whole life together. And I saw, like, you know, that scene in the coffee shop when they decided to have a life together and everything like that. So maybe I just kind of, my mind filled in the blanks itself and assumed that they, you know, were actually uh, becoming attracted to each other at that point. He does say in the car ride with 
Harold that he learned from Pavlovich that his wife recruited him when she was in college. And so Mm -hmm. he was questioning, did she recruit me? Was I her exit strategy? That's a good, I forgot about that exchange and how much it surprised him that there was something about her he didn't know. Right. And so I wonder if that yeah, like how that will affect him in season two. Well, or... and also like, was he, was she just like, I have a kid and this guy can take, like, I can just like this way my kid will get taken care of for sure. If I stick with this dude, right, yeah, dude, he is the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dude. I also feel like her relationship with Emily in these oh. dreams yeah it seems seems very tense as well and Mm -hmm. always I just feel like this character which we learn he called her Abby in the car with Harold um this Abby wife mother character just I don't know it just seems uh, like just kind of I mean Harold says it right he's like it's all about her mother it's nothing about you like it's all about her relationship with her mother and I think she, does she have a like monologue somewhere? Am I hallucinating this? That she talked about having a mother who's like ununderstandable or something. Is it mm-hmm. one of those like she's narrating things? Right. Yeah. Like she was hollow and she felt yes. like there was a lot more to her that she didn't know. And she mm-hmm. wanted a previous life that she had, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So I'm interested yeah. to see what happens with that and um and just how this all plays out we see that um they make it to where emily and waters and the other person were and they see that she's been taken and that was the big reveal where um he jeff bridges character tells harold about what happened with the plane tickets and there were actually three of us and that's where we learned that Emily was a little girl whenever uh, she was taken and something else that happened there we see that Dan has the opportunity to take out Hamzad but he said he couldn't do it because he couldn't kill him while Emily was there so she would see him kill his father which earlier in the episode we saw young Harold say to him you have to give me assurances that this is not going to come back and haunt us 30 years later. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Remember that time I told you this is going to happen. I told you so. Uh, He's such a nag. He just won't let it go. Told you so. Now, Caroline, going back to those dream sequences or whatever they were when she was under, I did not rewind to watch this, but it, remember there was the early one where she was trying to fill out her name and her parents name on this form and she couldn't do it and I swear she said something like I'm afraid for them like I I think Emily knows that she has that Dan is not her father I think somewhere inside of her she maybe that's not conscious but I think somewhere she knows that to be true I mean, it seemed like she was old enough that she might have memories somewhere of being a child there. And I felt like when she couldn't fill that out, like, what's my name? What are my parents' names? And she couldn't put that down. It's because she knows it's not, none of it is straightforward. 
Yeah. I mean, that goes back that. to the whole um, the who am I motif of the old mm-hmm. season. You, know, you see a little bit of that in um, in every episode where where people are questioning their identity. Whether I don't know. She's beginning. got a whole other name. Like I don't know what we're going to call her. Well, she might actually be finally at peace in her life. You know that she actually knows right. where who she is and where she came from and everything else, and she'll actually learn more about her her real mother. Well as much as he really knew her, you know, because, I mean, as much stuff right, as good point. she did behind his back. But, um, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be curious how they, how they play it for the, the second season. I feel like when she got out of the car and she saw him, that there was something in her that knew who... She didn't seem super surprised, right? Right. Like, she knew who that was deep down. Maybe it just hit her that, oh... She just seemed like she knew. I think the sister called her Paswana whenever she arrived and said she's home. Right. Um, Yeah. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens in the second season. She's a very smart woman. And so I feel like, I mean, maybe that's, she maybe it's like her mom in that way. Like she seems to be able, she always seems to be sort of one step ahead of Harold and she really egged on Johnny slash Dan, like at the beginning to like, Hey, you know, you're not going to just abandon me. I mean, she's aggressive. She's calculating. Um, I love her character. Like she's a force to be reckoned with. So, um, I'm curious to see how this will play out for her as well. How do you think she will feel about her father, Dan, and her mother after learning what they did? That's my and big her question. other and her other father and her, her other father. father. Right. <laughs> I have no clue. I really don't know how they're gonna play it. You know, I've been wrong pretty much about this entire show. So <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no clue. Because I, I imagine I, I'll be curious how much time will have elapsed now if they if uh, they kind good, of good question. put it to the and she's settled into Afghanistan or wherever he is, and if she's a different person or has has grown or where they're maybe at with maybe the next season will just be like a road buddy movie with Lithgow and uh, you know they'll just. Um, you know, everyone else will sort of be off stage, off screen, while these two travel wherever they need to go. It'll be like Easy Rider meets Dumb and Dumber meets. Yeah. Um... <laughs> just no Ishtar. <laughs> I did think of that um, when they were in the vehicle together. That it seemed like it turned into a buddy movie um, at that point to me. And then the final scene, we see them walk off. Um, right. throw the keys in the car and it looks yep. like they're walking towards another vehicle I don't know maybe a plane I'm not sure um, and Harold says to him something like you know we're in this together all the way something like that and mm-hmm. Johnny Dan doesn't say anything he well he doesn't talk a lot anyway but I, know, he, I think he's a little emotionally <laughs> suppressed <laughs> yeah he doesn't say anything but I did notice when they walk away he puts his hand on Harold's shoulder yes. and Harold kind of like does a sho- shoulder shrug and like his hand falls off. And I thought, did I just see that? Or am I just reading into that? Kind of like, whatever, man. I didn't catch I don't know. that, like <laughs> that level of detail, but I did notice him put his hand up, like, 
you know, it that it was, I think he is the quiet, silent type, like, you know, but he makes a little bit of a gesture. Effort. Yeah, a gesture. We're together big. here, trying to right. find our daughter. <laughs> it is interesting though, now that we talk about how much Jeff Bridges' character doesn't talk, that they make a point of discussing that for years he's only talked to Emily that they've talked on the phone they've not seen each other and so it's interesting because he's he is so clearly like I mean he knows he's not her biological father but she is the world to him and so that mm-hmm. is also a different side of him that I think Harold Harper has a hard time <laughs> wrapping his brain around he's like you you don't see her you've like only talked on the phone like you know he's kind of incredulous about that right well we're interested to hear what you all have to say about this finale episode you can email us at like one more episode at gmail.com or find us on instagram at like one more episode well jason we missed you in this podcast and we hope you're having a good time (laughs) we hope that you didn't lose your phone right (laughs) I imagine no matter what happened, it's going to be a good story. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we could have a whole other podcast of just Jason stories. Right. <laughs> well, we will be off for the next few weeks, but we'll join you back here on the podcast to talk about, I don't know, another show that we find. So if you have any recommendations, send them our way. All right, Andy and Kate, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Caroline. It was fun. No doubt. Have a great summer. Keep in touch. (laughs) See you next year. Don't change. Don't change. Stay sweet. Had a great time podcast. All right, you all. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. This has been a Caroline Home Production.